0: Hello, and welcome to the Heron Doe Boy Support Group. I'm Melanie. I'm Allie.
1: And this is Cordelia. And we are all here to help. Right, yeah, Is Cordelia are. here to
2: help? Cordelia? Are you She's here? here to help with me.
0: Because I could always use Cordy. Uh, yes. For those of you Cordelia. who are listening to this podcast, yeah.
2: Cordelia is my Pomeranian poodle mix. Who was named for Cordelia Carstairs?
0: So he obviously was. we had to have her make an appearance on the book. That is her on the cover. Exactly.
1: So if you're you're listening to us, uh, this is an incentive to go to go over and watch what we're doing on Twitch live. is to get dog to see content. A cute doggo. Yes. She she's a little frumpy, but she's cute. She's sweet. She's not a lot like As Cordelia in the book, but that's okay.
2: <laughs> They've got heart. They both have heart. As
0: we like here and other places. We are blessed by the
1: Cordelia. Yes, we are blessed. Blessed. Cordelia is ready for her nap. She's just like, "What are you doing to me?" <laughs> I am also ready for my nap.
2: She she's mm. so tolerant. Like, <laughs> she just kind of puts. Bye, Cordy. I love you. Bye, Cordy. <laughs> I'll let her go nap now. Anyway, and of course she would have. She would have
1: preferred to just nap like in my arms. But uh, yeah, I can't. She loves to sleep in Ginny's lap.
2: She does. She do. her favorite person. Yeah, uh, I had her before Ginny and I were roommates, and doesn't matter. As soon as Ginny and I moved in together, Cordy was like, Mom mm-hmm. ho, only Ginny.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. The Cordy life has chosen me. Mm-hmm.
2: Cordy is basically Ginny's dog. It's fine. I've accepted this. Mm. I'm no longer hurt by this. Milo well, still knows that he's mine, now. and that's fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they belong- and neither of them belong to me, and I am
2: sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to visit at some point. I'm sure we'll work that out. Hopefully. So how's yep. everybody been? How's life? Been a few
1: weeks. Yeah. Been? Skip I miss my friends. Oh. Your friends miss you too.
2: Yes. We've been busy, actually. Which is yeah a thing.
1: <laughs> it's a thing when you like live an adult life. Terrible. But Agreed. sometimes things are fun. I haven't been
0: quite as busy, but agreed that living an adult life is terrible.
2: Yeah, it was funny, because Janine and I got so busy in, like, November, December of last year, We're like, we're so ready to have, like, a calm January, and then we didn't, so. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, like, looking towards, like, February, I'm also like, oh, we're it's not going to be a calm February, February <laughs> either. <laughs> but I'm just like, uh, I guess this is how life works every month, you're like, maybe next month I'll relax. And then, you don't.
2: Which hmm. I'll say a lot of the things that we're doing are mostly fun things, you know?
1: Yeah, that's true. It just takes effort to to do, to plan trips, you know? Uh, we're going on a few trips, like you know, to visit family, or to, to do family stuff with cultures. family, and it's just like, as the coordinators of fun... <laughs>
2: We are coordinators of
1: fun. <laughs> we are coordinators. We are the coordinators of fun um, for these trips specifically. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go to a convention with my parents, and they've never been to one before. Wow. And they, we're going to a big one, and I'm like, okay, so here's what we gotta do. And so I have to coordinate the fun and here. Who
2: are they gonna go meet?
1: They're gonna go meet William Shatter. Um, <laughs> the original <laughs> Kirk of Star Trek, because uh, they were Trekkies before Trekkies had a name. So good for your parents. I'm- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for that they are so excited about this, but yeah, it's a thing that I have to coordinate. because. Yeah, but it's
2: hilarious. Yeah, because conventions are so different. In December. in December. And because Jenny was talking about what to get her parents, and I was like, your mom has talked about meeting Shatner so many times. Honestly, you should just get you both tickets to Megacon, and you should just take her as your Christmas present. And then she's like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to go to the con. It's too big and all these other fun things. And then was it like on Christmas Day, you were like, I should have gotten the tickets?
1: <laughs> Maybe.
2: But yeah.
1: I think it was a little after, but yeah. Not not but, too long after.
2: But then the voice of Astarian is going to, and then it was all over. Then it was all over. We all have to go to like, the yeah, trip.
1: Yep. You Neo know, going, and then I was sitting in. Yeah, you know, I was sitting in one of our D sessions. Actually, just sitting on this news, and I was because like, I was like, I can't say it now; it'll pull Ali away from this entire campaign. And she said, Yeah, <laughs> we can't have that. But
0: if he was at New York Comic Con, I would have met him. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I'm very excited. Maybe
0: next year. Maybe next yeah,
1: year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Doesn't seem like he's doing that many. you know, I like guess it seems like he's starting to get into the con yeah. thing, you know. So it, it Which might be. surprising considering, like,
0: I guess. Well, well, I don't want to get too far on a Neil Newbon tangent, tangent, tangent as much as he's free. <laughs>
2: Listen, stay tuned can for the be Baldur's for Gate while. 3 podcast <laughs> coming oh, soon. <laughs> we could
0: be here for a while, and as much as we love Neil Newbon, he's not a Herondale boy. He's not a Herondale, he's Herondale,
1: not boy. A Herondale boy.
2: Unfortunate, truly. Anyway, well, let's talk about our Herondale boys. What were they up to? Yes. Uh, I have that so much. knowledge for you. Sacredly typed in Google.
0: And it's really, one mostly one harriedell boy with a gaggle of friends.
1: Yeah, the, the pretty gaggle much.
2: of shadowhunters.
1: But yes, you know. the 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 merry thieves and, and merry thieves,
2: merry thieves, and yes, co. the girls.
1: And yeah, the merry <laughs> thieves plus <Exactly>. the girls
2: <laughs> plus Alistair. plus right <laughs> mm. Mm. Charles Buford, Charles Buford, oh, oh, Charles. You guys, I Listen. got. Mm. We've got plenty <laughs> to do about Charles, yeah. but let me tell you what happened first. So, yes.
1: So, chapters eight to 14 uh, is what we're yes. reading this week uh, or discussing this week that we read. It's, it'll take us to the end of part one, technically, in this book, too. Yeah.
2: So, this is your warning for spoilers for all of part one. Uh, yeah. If you don't like spoilers, then pause, come back after you've read the book. Um, if you don't care about spoilers and just here for vibes or you've already read it, then listen on. So, chapters eight to 14. We start. With Matthew unceremoniously interrupting Cordelia's tea with Anna Lightwood. As it turns out, the pair had plans to visit a dow- downworlder salon, a place for art and ideas known as the Hell Ruel, run by the warlock Hypatia Vex. The trio of Shadowhunters are invited to her inner chambers, where she is hosting another guest, the mermaid Arabella. The trio asks for help and Hypatia laughs, for why would she help Shadowhunters? Just then, Cordelia strikes Hypatia's glass with the sword Cortana, revealing its contents to have been poisoned by Hypatia's guest. Successfully saving her life and gaining her favor in return, the true ask if London's general orders have heard any about the mysterious demons that appear during the day and poison their victims. Unfortunately, no one in Hypatia's ear has heard anything of the sort. Only a rumor that someone powerful had told demons to avoid London. The Shadowhunters are given the name Ragnar Fell for more information and they take their leave. In the in between, we are treated to a spam phone call to a vignette of Thomas's time in Paris. A vacation from his travel year. While in the City of Lights, he sees the newly erected Eiffel Tower and Alistair Carstairs. Somehow, Alistair on his own is almost tolerable, and time is spent together. Time that ends almost as abruptly as it starts. Meanwhile, in the Institute, Lucy is writing when the pages are snatched away by a ghost. Jesse Blackthorn. Jesse critiques her work, though it is only his secondary purpose in being in a ladies' room so late at night. The first is to let Lucy know of a problem. James and Grace are having a secret rendezvous and a demon is set to guard the Blackthorn Manor, may be following them. Lucy races to the Devil's Tavern to find who she can of the Merry Thieves, being Christopher and Thomas. Alistair also makes an appearance, frantically looking for Cordelia, who is no longer Anna's flat. Before things get too out of hand, Matthew and Cordelia both arrive, and Lucy shares her message. James is in danger. James's meeting with Grace is not going well. <clears throat> she confronts him about the greenhouse and his uh, feelings towards Cordelia, and says that her mother is mad with rage. The only solution is for them to elope, abandon a lot of the strata hunters, and start their life anew. Grace begs him to agree, but James cannot. As if on cue, demons emerge, and they're on the attack. The others arrive, but they are still outnumbered. Hope is all but lost, and the largest demon uh, confronts James. The demon says he knows of James's grandfather, the demonic one, as opposed to the Welsh one. He calls James's grandfather the most cunning prince of hell, and claims to worship him. James attempts to call his bluff, demanding that they leave if that is the case. The demons leave, and the Shadowhunters vow not to tell anyone else. They return to the Institute and find that Ragnar Fell has already answered their summons. Ragnar gives them yet another name, Manuel Gast. And as the conversation ends, Will and Tessa re enter the room with grim tidings Barbara has died. At the Carstairs house, Cordelia and Alistair bicker. Before and long, the decision is made to retire when a guest calls. Alistair insists that he'll get it and that Cordelia go to bed. But Cordelia decides to eavesdrop sees that the visitor is none other than Charles Buford. What unravels is an affair of star-crossed love between Alistair and Charles. Alistair would do anything for Charles, but Charles is dead set on marrying a woman, as befits befits his status. Another attack happens the following morning, and the Shadowhunters set off to seek Emmanuel Gast. Having no luck with the landlady, they climb through the window with ease. Well, mostly. They find the room filthy and covered with dust, some odd shards on the floor, and the rotting corpse of Emmanuel Gast. Lucy somehow summons his ghost and compels him to answer questions. He had summoned the demon for a mysterious someone, only for the demon to attack him, despite the assurance that it would only attack Hunters. Later at the Institute, Tatiana arrives. She's been attacked! James finds Grace at the foot of her mother's sickbed, and the pair go to talk. As they leave the infirmary, Anna and Cordelia enter it. It's at Ariadne's bedside that Cordelia learns that Charles has broken off his engagement to Ariadne. Meanwhile, Lucy confronts Matthew about his alcoholism, a conversation that does not go well. Now in the drawing room, James and Grace talk. James apologizes for the state of Grace's mother, but Grace does not want to address the subject. Instead, she wants to talk about their relationship. She and James no longer have an understanding, and she has to wed Charles Buford Fairchild. She takes her bracelet back and takes her leave. Heartbroken, James flees. Matthew starts his pursuit, but is stopped by Grace. After an odd conversation, Grace tells Matthew to kiss her. And, almost as if compelled, he does. After drowning his sorrows in drink, James awakens, feeling almost good. The news of Grace's engagement to Charles is taken in stride. A letter arrives addressed to Lucy, but its contents are for Cordelia. James takes Cordelia the letter, and they discuss its contents. Her father's trial is not going well in Idris, as the mortal sword cannot verify the truth of what Elias cannot remember. Christopher interrupts the conversation. The mysterious shards found in gas department are the remains of a Pixis containing a manticore. At the Devil's Tavern, the Merry Thieves, plus Cordelia and Lucy, discuss the Manticore demon, and a plan to- is made to trap it again in a Pyxis. The only thing they need now is another Pyxis. It just so happened they had seen one in Hypatia Vex's chambers, so a plan is made to acquire it through Anna's ways of seduction. We close as we opened, once again at the Hell Rail, though so this time Cordelia is preparing for our performance. Wow. And there we are.
1: So much happens.
2: Where to
0: begin?
1: No. Oh, let's see. Um, we left. What did we leave off at of last time? I actually.
2: Where did we left off? Uh, with Cordelia and Anna at Oh, oh yes.
0: yes. So we basically key... pick right back up with Matthew interrupting them. You're yeah. right.
2: Yeah. Matthew, like, hello, I am here now. Anna, we are leaving. We must go.
1: Okay.
0: I mean, Cordelia is just like I'm down, okay. Like I'll do it. (laughs) Cordelia is down for (laughs) you.
1: Cordelia is just like sign me up, yeah.
2: Which in Uh, a way is like Cordy the dog (laughs) doesn't need to know what's happening. It's just like sign me up, I'm in. I want to be included.
0: Cordelia is (laughs) totally aware of what she's in for and is totally down to do it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Cordelia the dog doesn't is not very aware of things most of the time. <laughs> uh, Milo the dog got into this habit of liking like eating vegetables. When I go to feed another, you know, feed the tortoise, uh, there's frozen veggies, and I'll just, I you know, I would just like toss the dog some veggie just cause like why not? But then he's like, he he needs it now, like <laughs> it's important. What have you done, Every... Jimmy?
2: And the veggies are called yeah. green. So they're not, they're even, not, like, good like, veggies. <laughs> good veggies. <laughs> no. greens. And not even the leafy part. The stem but at least he's eating sleep. healthy.
1: Yeah. So so for some reason, Milo got very fixated on this idea. And now Cordy is fixated on it. Not because she ever cared, but because Milo is so fixated on it that she has to be included now.
2: Uh, yeah. The thing is, Milo is so polite about it. He sits by the gate and just waits. and, just... and yeah. Cordy, meanwhile... <laughs>
1: She's so rude about, it. yeah, <laughs> so insists about everything, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Cordelia <laughs> is not so uh, not so rude <laughs> she she is quite concerned about being polite and making a good impression and um, all those sorts of things
2: she is, which is interesting that she then decides to go to the you know this hotbed of scandalous activity,
1: yeah. Kind of... She wants to be included, though, you know. But um, I also think new wants
2: to like yeah.
0: not defy her mother, but like her mom. Her mom is very like I don't know if "protective" is the right word, but like she's very, you know, you her have to be a lady kind of thing. Like, like, yeah,
2: Cordelia.
0: I think part of it is Cordelia wanting to break
1: out of that mold. I agree. There's. Some exploration that she wants to do for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Figure out her. who she is. That her mother's insistence
1: of she has to fit this role. She it's interesting because family is really important to her. According um, mm-hmm. like, like she wants to please her mother, but again she's new. She's making friends, and that's exciting.
2: It yeah. is, and you know, like she was the kid who moved around a lot, so she was the kid who didn't know stick in any one place for a long time so she didn't have time to like build other relationships and she's finally in london where there's this whole enclave of young you know kids her age so to speak and like it's her job to get to know them because she's trying she's looking out for her father right so she and she's also going to be enjoying this process you know lucy's
0: parabatai and lucy is Mm -hmm. friends with all of these people so
1: yeah yeah there is that lucy connection and then and then james (laughs) swoon
0: Which, uh, if we want to talk about James and Cordelia, we could.
1: Yeah,
2: they
0: they didn't have like any explicit, you know, there was not a lot of steamy happening in these chapters. But they definitely have some moments where, like, at the end of these set of chapters, when Cordelia comes out in that dress, you know, we are informed that James is pretty much staring at her. Because she's like so it. beautiful, <laughs> Matthew too, but like James, it's, it's more important things.
2: that it's James. I wouldn't say and it's then... more important that it's James. I think that this is an interesting turning point for Matthew. As obviously, we... oh, may I go, go on ahead? This tangent? So, yeah, I think this is interesting for both James and Matthew, right? Because this is right after um, James and Grace have broken off their understanding, right? Yeah, and so he's seeing Cordelia and like having obviously emotions for Cordelia but also we see Matthew like looking in looking at Cordelia in this way and I think that it's interesting when this happens in Matthew's narrative because something that you've noticed because this is a reread for me is just how often Matthew is looking at Lucy in these first several chapters you know and I forget oh it's James and Lucy who talk about it and then James has the thought of something like oh it's a like the remains of a childhood fascination and he doesn't really put much stock in that but Matthew is kind of always looking at Lucy and then Lucy confronts him about his alcoholism and that conversation does not go well which good on Lucy for calling him out on his shit but Matthew is offended and like this scene happens very shortly after that so it's interesting how quickly Matthew has sort of let go of this fascination with Lucy, to now turn towards Cordelia, in this it moment, after? it was after.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So I think that that progression is interesting.
1: It is. Um, we haven't seen him interact again with Lucy after the little confrontation. I don't think. I don't think so, really, no. not truly. Like there is a group setting, but it's not you know. But it is really interesting. Um, you know, and Lucy. When Lucy and James talk about that, you know, James is like, You know that Matthew like has feelings for you and I know that you don't return them because like they, they know and Lucy's like he, you know, Lucy's like, No, I don't think it's real, and James is like, Yeah, it isn't real, but so they both know that Matthew's interest in Lucy isn't like a genuine
0: Yeah, like I, I pulled this out. Lucy that. Lucy is talking to Matthew. Or talking to James, or something about it. Where did I... Yeah, Lucy is talking to Matthew. And she's saying that Matthew isn't, like, she sees Matthew not as a man, as a brother kind of thing. And Matthew was
2: like... He's not a man. We used to hit each other with spoons or soup ladles, as children. <laughs> Whatever that line
0: is. And it's not that she's saying he's not a man. She's saying that she doesn't see him as a potential suitor that she could marry, and that, you know, hurts Matthew because he likes her.
1: There is a moment where Matthew does not like, ha 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 about it. He's just like, oh.
2: yeah. And then this confrontation happens. And then Matthew feels exposed, like seen for who he is. And I feel like maybe some of Matthew's fascination with Lucy is the idea that she knew him and perhaps still sees him as he was. Mm-hmm. As sort of this unblemished, happy-go-lucky person. But then he finds out that Lucy does see behind his bullshit. And sees him for, you know, the damage and self, uh, self-sabotaging the person he's become. that
0: he's hurting. Doesn't know why.
2: Exactly. And it's too much for him to handle at that point.
0: Because she calls him out saying that he should have been able to climb that wall because they were scaling a wall without mm-hmm. any problems and blames it on the alcohol because mm-hmm. it is
2: Matthew's like oh it's and the I want to hug so my Matthew the new boots. and then yeah Lucy's like bullshit
0: I want to hug my Matthew <laughs> He needs so many hugs. <sighs> um if we're talking yeah, about
2: that was interesting for that.
0: yeah if we're talking about feelings and relationships and things like that I'll have so many thoughts I'm so confused on this whole Thomas and Alistair and Charles. They're ah. gay,
2: Jenny. Not Jenny, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> I know that this is very confusing No, for you, really? I didn't pick up I on that. just to fill you in and let you know. <laughs> They're gay. That's not what I mean, and you know this that. Not but that's' not Aaron okay. true thing. This is on the page.
0: <laughs> that's not what I mean, and you know that, but that's okay. <laughs> so, the reason I'm confused is because I, when I, when we have that little interlude, with Thomas in Paris and seeing Alistair, I'm like, they're in love, they're going on dates. Like they go on a date to the museum, they go on a date to the movies. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I wrote this down. Yeah, I said, Th- uh, Thomas like shivering when Alistair touches him and like the mention of Thomas liking darker hair, the thing about their hands touching. I was like, this is so being set up. Like, mm-hmm. and then we have Alistair and Charles and I'm like, what the fuck, <laughs> like what, hello, what? <laughs>
1: read unrequited love trope there it is you know
0: and so I picked this up when Charles and Alistair are talking at whatever the carstairs place is um Charles uh, Alistair says something about he's like I love you Charles and he says like I thought you loved me and this is what Charles says he says I do you know I do which he doesn't say I love you And to me, it gives manipulation and gaslighting.
2: Mm. Charles Buford sucks, everyone.
1: (laughs) Charles Charles fucking Buford, man.
2: We were so excited. We were rooting for you. I feel like like Heather out back half of these
0: chapters that were constantly yelling, Charles Buford!
2: This is a recurring.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Charles Buford? (laughs) I think I had written, did I write this down or did I think it in my head? I was like, your parents would be so disappointed in you.
2: Mm.
1: Ugh. Ugh.
2: We'll, we'll I'm sorry, the but the, on the
0: Charlotte, especially. For Charlotte, episodes. especially.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so We've I'm like, to
0: talk about <laughs> I'm like so confused now. If, like, I'm guessing they're still, I'm guessing Thomas and Alistair are still being set up, but Alistair is also in love with Charles, and I'm super confused.
2: So it, it was my interpretation that the Charles and Alistair thing has been an on and off thing that's kind of existed in the background since before Paris. Yeah. You know. Right.
0: But
1: and, and so,
2: maybe and the thing just... is
1: uh the Paris yeah. the Paris bit is really not that long either. It's like a couple weeks that mm-hmm. it maybe maybe even a week that Thomas mm-hmm. is in Paris on vacation. So despite them going on like a few dates, it's really over the course of like a couple days, right.
0: actually. I get that. Yeah. What I meant is that it felt like it was being set up to be something.
2: It still can be. Maybe. It's only it book still one. could be. And that's,
0: that's what I'm point. saying. But when I read that and then we go down to Charles and Alistair and I was like, I'm sorry, what? what? Hello? What's oh, going yeah. on?
1: We're supposed to get the whiplash of, wait a second.
0: Yeah. And they almost so- uh, bow chicka wow wow too.
2: And Cordelia is like, <laughs> should I go? <laughs> How do I just leave?
0: <laughs> so yeah, Cordelia I was just what like,
2: after kissing. Was
0: it's fine. I'm just like, I don't want to like Alistair still, so he better have some real good character development.
2: Thomas likes Alistair. Lucy was
0: like, Trump. Like Thomas was like, yeah. And Alistair was like, and then Alistair, and Thomas, I I did clock that. <laughs> Alistair asks, and he was like, okay. <laughs> I clocked that.
1: mm-hmm. We we'll see yeah. you.
0: <laughs> So I guess it was more just like it was very clear that Thomas was having feeling for Alistair. And like maybe Alistair kind of did, but was not because of Charles.
2: I Think the Paris is interesting it's because possible. Alistair's experiencing what it feels like to be loved back and loved back in a public way, you know, mm-hmm. because they are like going out together, and they are like doing things and like actually spending time together. and I get the impression from the Charles and Alistair interaction that they don't do that, that Charles is no, much because
1: good.
2: yeah, anything they do on the hush hush, yeah, it's very
0: it. secretive. And, and
2: Gloria, like I said earlier, it, the, obviously,
0: so the fact that Charles is like, I do, you know, I do. And not, I do love you or whatever. Like he doesn't say that he loves Alistair. It feels like gaslighting.
2: It's very telling, especially because, um, Charles Buford's romantic situation. Now he was engaged to Ari. You know, which we know obviously behind the scenes, having read the short stories and having seen from Anna and from now from Charles that it's you know for each other's beard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, neither of them are straight, but they're just doing it for status. Quo. They're supposed to do right, and Mm -hmm. then, um, but he and Ari—he was still in a coma. Charles has decided to break off that engagement.
1: Charles is a dick. Yeah, he really is. Like,
2: to become engaged to Grace. So I think I don't like Grace. Talk about Grace and I don't trust everything that's happening there. Why don't you trust Grace, Melanie? (laughs) She's manipulative. The same way in Charles is.
0: Because this whole conversation where Grace wants James to, where is this? Whatever. I don't know if I wrote down the whole thing, but basically like the whole conversation where Grace breaks up with James and she's like, run away with me. Like, give up your family. Give up being a shadow hunter and all that. And she's like, it was a test. And I'm like, you manipulative little like i don't like you i don't trust you (laughs) and the fact that she's moving on so quickly to you know mary charles and that she's like if you love me you would give it up. you would have said yes and i'm like no if you loved him you wouldn't ask him to give up his family Mm -hmm. yeah and the fact that you know she gets this bracelet back Mm -hmm. and then also like I know we this is more about Grace and James but I want to mention another reason I also don't trust her because of what happens with Matthew Oh well yeah (laughs) and I don't how did she yeah how what what magic what does what power does she have that she's able to basically compel Matthew to kiss her
2: If we remember back to the short stories too, when Magnus first met Grace, he felt like a similar compulsion to her. And he was like, This is magic that I don't recognize, like what is happening
0: here. Which is why, which is why I was thinking she wasn't actually a cartwright, that she's something else. I don't know how true that is, but I don't trust her because she's manipulative and she's like, You will not tell James what happened with for Matthew, like otherwise I will tell him something, whatever she says.
2: And forever, and forever how much James was infatuated with Grace, he responds to the breakup surprisingly well the next morning.
1: And yeah, everybody notices that, like, or like, Cordelia specifically notices that he he looks like he's, like, more with it. Like, most of the time when he's around them, he looks a little not there. You know, like, there's, there's a disconnect. There's but another He, fra- he starts
2: feeling lighter. The language mm-hmm. that he uses in the morning.
0: I pulled out what he actually said, but I don't if we want to move on to something else we can. I don't have to like
2: Go for it. What do you say?
0: Um, hold on, I'm going to find it. Everything is sharper and clearer. Color and textures are different. And I kind of said almost as if he was blinded by grace. And now that she's gone, it like from his love that is, he's seeing everything the way he always should
2: have. Yeah, which in turn kind of sparks these feelings for or he's being brought more aware of Cordelia. He
0: always had the feelings but now he's allowing himself to actually like feel them.
2: Right. Cuz in previous chapters he'll think about Cordelia and then he kind of like it's like we're straying off course and then we kind of it's like it's like those old roller coasters that have like leeway on their track where they hit it and then they kind of bump back. Mm-hmm. You know? So he's kind of yes, doing whole, that. The, he's on the great. Yes, his a weird dream about them. her. Exactly. So, it's interesting how his thoughts would always go but now
0: really starting to plant the seeds. Indeed.
1: Yep. Hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that whole scene was interesting with with Grace because it's just it's so much and we can get that and, that that James is kind of under this compulsion. We, we see that through all these things that happen. But he, despite however much he thinks he's in love with her and he would do anything for her, when she says, you have to leave your family and your friends and everything for me, he, it's a no. It's.
0: I also no. think it's interesting to compare how he reacted to this breakup versus how he reacted in The Bane Chronicles.
2: They do mention that. They do mention yes. the last yes. time that he and Grace broke up. Um, <laughs> right. He was <laughs> drunk. And that wasn't Spain even, it was that. a, not,
0: was it a breakup or was it just Grace being like, we can't, you know, communicate it was, anymore?
2: I think it was a breakup, but he still had the bracelet.
0: He
1: had the bracelet,
2: but it was so
0: something dramatic. So it's more of a rhetorical question, I guess, is what makes this situation different that he reacted so much better? Is it just that he's
1: a little bit more mature now? Who knows? Well, I mean, she took the bracelet back this time. There was that. Maybe it was
2: the I finality of the it. I think the
1: bracelet
0: has... And I remember, if you remember last week, and I don't want to keep going about on this forever because I know we have other things to talk about. If you remember last time I mentioned that I felt like the bracelet was sort of like um, magical in that like James was never able to take it off because it said something about like loyalty binds us? Yep. But then he was able to take it off because Grace asked for it back.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we can move on now. We know there's something weird with it and her. There's something weird and... with race in general. Yeah, she's just got a lot of weird guys mm-hmm. going on. And she's so dramatic all the time. And everything is like such a big deal. And then, yeah, when he says no, boom, Charles Buford.
2: <laughs> Literally, like, what, a day? Charles Buford.
1: Okay. Yeah, like a day. And now, yeah, Ariadne's reputation is going to be demolished from this. You break off an engagement, and she's in a coma. And <laughs> this is not Charles tense. is like, "We're going to tell That's everyone fine. we decided before Charles she went into the coma." Please, bitch. Like,
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't really
2: like
0: Charles. Ugh. Charles oh, Charles, your parents. I did actually write down. I looked. I was when I was scrolling through my notes. I saw that I wrote down your parents would be so disappointed in you.
1: Oh, oh Charles. Charles.
0: Um. We are so maybe we, we yeah, should. We all have plot
2: Little
1: by eight romance novel, but there's also more romance. But we can talk about the plot. <laughs>
0: oh, is Jesse? Did we talk about
1: all the major romances? Actually, I think we might have hit them all. No, we
0: didn't talk about Jesse and Lucy. Which I feel Uh-oh. like we can maybe eh. more talk about that in the plot.
1: That's fair. I was like, I they didn't get a lot, lot of, of romance. And Lucy,
0: we didn't get vibes. a lot of it, but they just had moments where they interacted. He's pulling
2: her pigtails. A lot.
1: <laughs> he is.
2: Being annoying, <laughs> oh, but I, together, so. <laughs> radiant, but I know that they're gonna on
1: your writing, but I know that he's tetics.
2: gonna
0: come back to life and they're gonna end up together, so it's <laughs> like, <crumbs>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: he's pulling her pigtails, uh, we're getting the awesome. and she's getting flustered by it in a way that we don't usually see Lucy flustered. So, We, uh,
0: her there. plot, we learned some things, we did, we learned, uh, we saw the return of Ragnar Vell, King.
2: Where's Christopher? Get us away from the wrong
0: Long-suffering.
2: <laughs> hey, Professor Baggins. We met a new
0: warlock. Well, we met some new downworlders, but, like, more specifically a new high-warlock war- high of London. Uh, who's the new high-warlock of London? Uh, Malcolm Fade. Ah, oh, that's right. Yes. And I'm just like, why does his name sound suspiciously like Magnus Bane?
2: Uh I think, well, we know that uh, warlock naming conventions Warlocks usually take a second name that is one syllable and a thing. It's like we have Hypatia Vex. We have Katarina Loss. I know, but
0: it was just like, it felt like it was very similar to Magnus (laughs) Bane.
2: It does feel kind of similar. I see where you're going.
0: But yeah. um, He's a character. I don't know how else to describe him.
2: (laughs) He he shows up and then he disappears. He has like two lines on a page. But he exists.
1: <laughs> so you said that Malcolm was in this. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I it's my it first note. A lot more. But
1: that's it. Yeah.
0: Um.
2: Yes, yeah, so we have Papasia, yeah. who is a different warlock. and She's running this who... downworlder salon, right?
0: Anna has a uh, history with, seems she...
2: like. Anna has history with a lot of people. Listen, oh, I'm aware. Anna's notebook. I was like, "Damn, I aspire oh, to have that kind of like, killer. What, what did they
0: say? Was it? Oh, yeah. The name Eugenia was in there, and he was like, "My, was sister? my sister." Probably not.
2: Right. Which, like, they were I, I stand.
0: Anna.
2: I hope not. But...
0: I, I <laughs> stand, Anna. I'm like, yeah, you're related, so like, let's I, not. I
2: want to grow up and be Anna Laywood. That is, that is, that is my plan. Um
1: But
2: yeah, so she walks in. Walks into this downworld <laughs> salons with Matthew and they're just like, Hey Anna like she's garnered this we'll respect out. outside the Shadow Hunter community, which
0: is interesting. She's like, I'm gonna seduce you now.
2: Exactly. She's got all these ladies under her thumb and the fact that she keeps them all in the fucking notebook <laughs> with notes. <laughs> and Virginia Wolf. <laughs> I-,
0: I literally asked. I was like, is there Virginia? She mentions Virginia Wolf.
2: Yeah, she's a writer. You should look out for her stuff sometime.
0: I was like, okay, I see what you're doing there, Cassie-Claire. But, um, but when the gang, the Mary Thieves and girls, and the girls go to Emmanuel's apartment, they find him very dead.
2: Yes, he is very dead. Yep. And stinky.
1: Yeah, he is stinky. Corpse has been there a little bit.
2: So... Funnily enough, Lucy walks in there and then his ghost just appears and he's like, why did you summon me? And then Lucy's like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, So Lucy has some sort of untapped necromancy powers because mm-hmm. she Extra also compels juice. him to give her information.
2: Exactly. And he, he can't lie to her, which is strange. Well, you know. I thought
0: Lucy...
1: Was not sure if he was lying or
2: not. Oh, okay. That's what. Yes, they aren't now. sure. But yeah, they do go
1: and consult their resident ghost, <laughs> Mr. It's Jesse Jesse Jess, my
0: girl Jessamine, Jessamine. Yep. And I was like, am I going to have to start calling her Jessamine rather than Jesse to differentiate between Jesse and Jesse? Oh God.
1: Probably because right. <laughs> <there's two, laughs> there are two two ghost now. Jessies
0: now. That's terrible. I hate we can't even definitively
1: say like ghost Jesse and not like no. We, <laughs> we
0: have to female Jesse and male Jesse. Yeah. I'll just, I'll
2: just do Jessamine. Yeah. But she says ghosts can lie, but Lucy was, Lucy was Sus.
0: Right. Yeah. I think they sort of are like, well, it depends on like the situation kind of thing.
1: I'm not sure. It was yeah. unclear. It, it, it's it unclear. Was a little not definitive in the end, but.
2: But she did find out that he summoned the demon. Mm-hmm. Or just one demon. so Not many. Mm. And that he summoned it for somebody.
1: But this one demon breaks off into like all these. Right.
2: No, that was the Cerberus a
1: demon. demon.
2: Oh yes, it was. Yeah, and there were the, two demons
0: that did that. The Cerberus Demon and the uh, okay.
2: The Cerberus demon at uh the Blackhorn Manor did that because mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because experiments.
0: I would that's I was getting them confused,
1: but they
0: both kind of did really? that
1: eggs benedict lightworm is doing some funky experiments
2: it is experiments still have after effects um Mm -hmm. but the manticore is something different the manticore is what's behind these daylight attacks and whatnot and the interesting thing that they find out upon further inspection to that is that you can't kill one easily because when you do it spawns more they also find out, which is something I
0: unintentionally predicted, was that he was being, the Manticore demon was being held in a Pyxis. Mm-hmm. And I we remember have... when we saw the box with the Ouroboros on it, and I was like, huh, the Ouroboros. Like, for whatever reason, I thought that was the Pyxis that James uh, Will's dad, Edmund, had.
1: Mm-hmm. It wasn't.
0: But I was like, oh, is that, like, the Pyxis? And then it ended up being just a different Pyxis, so I was just like, oh, I wasn't
1: entirely wrong.
2: A different but important Pyxis, because yeah. Anna gotta go swipe it while she's doing the deed.
1: <laughs> we had a nickel for every time that a Harrendale boy had to fight demon that came out of Pyxis. We'd have two.
0: <laughs> we wouldn't quite <laughs> have two nickels, nickels yet, because he has, has he fought that demon yet?
1: Technically, I guess they've...
2: Well, he fought the ones at the fought. Shadowhunter Academy, yeah. too.
0: Okay. Speaking of James and the demons, uh, he gets some uh interesting information from a demon.
2: He does. Uh, when he after or I guess while kind of he's breaking up with Grace, uh, or Grace is breaking up with him rather. Uh, the demons appear, and that's oh yeah oh yeah yeah, and yeah they appear to recognize him, which is odd. and they mention that
0: they worship or something his grandfather, one of the princes of hell.
1: Yeah. And then when James tells them to be God, they're like, we'll respect it because you know, to show that we respect your grandfather, you know, your grandfather and stuff. And so then they leave.
0: And I know and there are multiple princes them. of hell, but I was secretly like, what if it's Osmodius and him and Magnus siblings? Or half related, whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that that would be. and Magnus are like half siblings.
2: That would mean Tessa and Magnus. Are half siblings.
0: That's then, what I meant when yes. I originally said. That's what I meant. So that would make him their uncle. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Magnus. Uncle
2: Magnus. I don't. Mean, I don't. I, don't is uncle think,
0: Magnus I, I'm, I highly doubt it's Asmodeus, But I was just like, I know that name of a one of the princes of hell. So what if you know? <laughs> that's what fan fiction is for, right?
2: The, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, James is definitely unnerved by this discovery, and that's part of why they decide to you know never speak of it. Yeah.
1: It's fine. I mean, James is commanding demons, and Lucy is compelling ghosts.
2: They're probably Harrendale things. Just Harrendale thing. <laughs> it's fine.
1: And we also,
0: well, you mentioned it in the summary. Uh, unless we have something else to talk about with the Harrendales.
2: Uh, what did I mention the summary? I was going
0: to talk time. about Cordelia and Elias, her father.
2: Okay.
0: I just didn't know. I, it was kind of like. Unrelated, so I didn't know if we want if anyone had any final kind of thoughts on the herendale of it all.
2: I mean I always Don't. have more thoughts about I mean, <laughs> yes, but- <laughs> that I her but
0: that were my <laughs> you my must, one but note. You, on. you know what I mean, to not like just drag take the conversation away from something.
1: <laughs> Listen, my one note on James Herendale is I also love T James. <laughs> oh god
2: that- So there's that moment And the cat driver is- being like good for you buddy. James is walking yes, Cordelia back exactly. to her house and then <laughs> And then, ta- or and Sona her mom is like, is like, "Oh, her mom's a flirty boy,
0: a suitor for my daughter."
2: But he come in for some
0: tea idea. at this very late hour, Cordelia is like, "He's got to go, mom. Bye." mom
1: has got to go, mom. Yeah.
0: Um, I love tea. <laughs> yeah, Cordelia. Here's we heard we hear a little bit from Charlotte because we get a letter from Charlotte. I miss you Charlotte. Did. I miss her. Um. And we learn that Elias has no memory of the events that he's being accused of. I'm like, that's convenient.
1: It is very convenient.
0: Oh, yeah, it's... something's going on there.
2: Something is. He does not remember the thing he's being accused of, and therefore, the mor- the mortal sword is useless.
0: I uh, fully believe that Charlotte is doing everything she can to help. So I'm not mad at Charlotte. I'm mad at the rest of the cliche. I feel that. Fair.
1: Being mad at the clave is
2: bad. I, like I, I think I
0: life. I wrote this in my notes for last session, but it's it's relevant still here today. Somehow, in every book, in every series, there's a problem that the clave refuses to deal with and the children have to deal with the consequences. The so it's interesting because Will
2: comments on that as well. Yeah. I don't remember if it's the yeah, previous ones. Or he's like, um, when I was a child, like I was frustrated because the clave would not take action on things. It's like, But now I am the clave and I'm still frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> they won't take action on things. I was just like, if that doesn't experience, doesn't sum up the experience of adulthood, I don't know what does.
0: Man, I was like, it's almost as if they're main characters in a book.
2: <laughs> no, um, main characters gotta do things.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clave has been useless. Has, al- useless, has always been useless, will continue to be useless. And the children will continue to not tell the adults about what's
1: going on. Yeah, well, they make all these promises of like, Oh, you gotta keep it secret and you gotta keep it secret and you yet...
2: Everybody has so and... many fucking secrets. Communication, <sighs> y'all.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I think was it Cordelia or Lucy who's like, Well I'm already holding this secret, what's one more? Yeah.
2: yeah. I think
0: one of Yeah, I think it would have been Lucy. I'm not sure. It sounds like Lucy.
1: And then yeah, it does sound like Lucy. And then James says something too about how many things he's keeping quiet. Or there's something about how much James is holding on to. And it's
2: I listen. The demons suck. And Matthew but the is the real also... enemy here. Is communication.
0: <laughs> Matthew, my child, is also holding on to a lot because I think it's Ragnar who mentions, like, "Oh, like your mother has recovered." Like, "Oh, glad to hear your mom's recovered from her illness" or something like that. And Matthew's just yeah, like, "Yeah, that sounds
1: right, mm, right, yeah, sure." And
0: yeah. I'm just like, Matthew, baby, my boy, I love you. Also, with Matthew, like in court with Lucy, I'm like, "Listen, if you two weren't here and don't for a Fairchild." I could ship it. But considering what we know about Mm. the future
2: and who is with who in the future I mean that would be the weird subplot that we need to complete our Cassie-Claire bingo (laughs) I'm still (laughs) looking for it and these haven't found it yet
1: haven't found it yet we've got a few more books in this series to (laughs) find it somewhere
2: Will is such a good dad I'm just gonna throw that out there
1: yeah we could
0: we could say the weird incest subplot is the eugenia and anna if we're calling if we're stretching it <laughs> <laughs>
1: the reference has been made as maybe yeah but yeah, no,
0: will's a good dad one tess, one tess is a good mom
2: i like tessa a lot more as the kid's mom than i did as the main character honestly she's she and her Willard motherly instinct is yeah.
0: more i don't want to say like don't i don't know like um not relevant because i think you can still be sort of a motherly figure to your friends like you know the mom friend kind of thing yeah that would Mm -hmm. be me um but it you know i guess more it makes more sense you know as an actual mother
2: it does
1: um what else is there to talk about you see that will and tessa are like very much in love still oh yeah yeah, Mother
2: and father are going to kiss now if you'll stay if you want to leave there will be conversation (laughs) on something else and now i'm out
1: (laughs) james is like oh yeah Uh did i say
0: james i mm. everybody starts with a j name (laughs) (laughs) uh
1: we also had the return
0: of brother jemariah for a brief moment yeah
1: Yeah. always the
0: james is like
2: do you know about this (laughs) and jem is like maybe (laughs) and then
0: I do think, though, that James... I mean, James... Jem would have wanted to be there when Barbara died for Sophie and Gideon. So Jem, I was like, I could excuse Jem, him being Jesse. there for this. Jesse. I can't. Brother Jim Mariah. <laughs> he would He would want to be there for Sophie and Gideon, which... He would. My heart is breaking for
1: them. My heart is breaking for Sophie and Gideon. This is our first uh, character death. It is. And yeah. the first person that, like, these kids know no. Yeah, we name... didn't know her that well. No, but we it's know the that she was first, a like,
2: lost too. And
1: yep.
0: as I would have liked, is it weird to say I would have liked to seen on the page like Sophie and Gideon grieving?
2: It's not weird, but I understand why we didn't get it. Yeah, for mm-hmm. Sophie and Gideon specifically, because we have not seen them on screen really, and it which is yes, going back to I Gideon... think I
0: mentioned. Which I, I get that's a lot of characters, but I think I had mentioned last time that I missed them. So that's just that, that I miss them. Yeah.
1: yeah, we do get. Most of the parents are really minimal. You know, we just hear about them kind of in passing through these books, except mm-hmm. for like Will and Tessa take a little
2: because bit more Because of the a... herringdoms. Yeah. And they're spending a lot of time in the Institute, which. Uh, yeah. You know.
0: Which is run now by. Right. Yeah. Tessa. We've seen a lot of Sona, Cordelia and Alistair's mom, but. So we've seen a lot of people we do... who reside in the homes. Yeah. Yeah with our main cast uh, but also Tatiana Blackthorn is maybe dying
1: she cried talking about the adults <laughs> <laughs> and Grace is like quick she's dying or she's in a coma I have to get married now <laughs> before she well, wakes up mother off.
0: cannot voice her uh, uh, disappointment and disagreement I guess
2: <laughs> you had to give me right now,
0: Tatiana. Right now, I, I get, while she was in a coma. Know, I, I I get Tatiana. That the life has not been the most kind to you. However,
1: and you know she's going she to wake up. An Recognize,
0: and she won't. But it is not the fault of the hair and nails.
1: No, you know she's going to wake up and be like, Ah, Silent Brothers, Ah, Hair nails, What have you done to me? Especially no,
0: going Mariah. She's going to wake up and see brother Gemariah standing over her. She's going to Exactly.
1: <laughs> She's going to lose it.
0: Mhm. anyway, Tatiana needs therapy.
1: <laughs> she does. She needs so much therapy.
0: We support therapy. And this is my therapy, everybody. Listen, we are therapy, support Listen, we're a support group. It's basically therapy. It is. is yeah. Therapy. We are. We, we are. The subscribe therapy.
2: to the podcast on Apple on Apple Podcast and uh, Spotify podcast and uh, rate five stars and uh, follow and, us uh, on Instagram Listen to watch it on and YouTube on and <laughs> <laughs> follow us on social media for three Ooh. therapy only related to the hair not related to anything else.
1: <laughs> nah, we we can't help you with real life problems, but we can at least provide a distraction if that's what you're looking for. We can. We're great at distractions. Yeah, We're great at. Yeah. The greatest. <laughs> um, we're back in two weeks?
0: Yes. Yes,
1: I believe I we think.
0: are. Considering I thought we were back last week and we
2: weren't, and I was like, oh, okay. We're not. We were away. oh wait. It yeah, was fine. Or no, we're I was... back next week. Oh. oh,
1: yeah, yeah, because we were away, yeah.
2: Okay, back
0: on the third. Uh, okay. February. It's gonna be a busy weekend for us then. Indeed. Yeah,
2: gotta get right back into reading. to
0: read. We're
2: we'll back with more. half of part two. Those exact chapters. Of, look on our Instagram for it, and they will
0: be posted. It's been a really interesting reading this for the first time, and yeah, uh, getting those visceral reactions.
1: Indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting yes. to have someone reading it the first time. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's gonna be me with the dark artifices when Melanie and Danielle No, me too, Valley, Me too. Like... We'll be in it together. No, you and Ginny will be on it together. I've read all of them,
0: except for the oldest. Oh, curses. I thought you were saying. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying um, with the reactions. I'm sorry. I misunderstood.
2: Yeah. When we do the eldest curses, then
0: that will be. My It'll be day. me and you when Ginny reads the second half of the Mortal Instruments.
2: There you go. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. thanks for coming to hang out with us. Get away. Reap the a whispering week room,
1: guys. The whispering a good room. Week.
2: Oh, the, the whispering room. Going <laughs> forward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have a good I week, everyone. Said. Yeah.
2: And we'll catch you next time.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.